Irvine and standing by to join me is award-winning director Melissa Hayslip and we're going to talk about her critically acclaimed film Mr. Soul which I loved and it's launched on HBO Max August 1st and it celebrates the amazing life of Ellis this is your uncle correct yes Ellis Hayslip was my uncle and he was such a wonderful person and a pioneer in broadcast history and everything but he was also my favorite human Aww. my first babysitter so of course Aww. there's this real connection there he was also a mentor to me in the arts and really encouraged me to go into the arts even though my parents were you know educators and in the media and uh, sure. wanted me to be a doctor lawyer or educator and I was like actually <laughs> <laughs> because I'm gonna of my uncle over here because he's got some tickets to uh you know Broadway so I'll exactly. be exactly <laughs> exactly now, did you actually watch the show as a kid? Were you watching the show? No, you know, I was actually super young. I think I was three when it first came on, three or four. Yes. But uh, one thing that was special was that Ellis Hazlip lived with us. We were on the Upper West Side in Manhattan. Okay. And even though he had his own apartment uh, down in Chelsea on Fifth Avenue, he decided he wanted to be with us. And so he That's came nice. very close to us, but he would bring over after the tapings what I thought were just some really magical friends. It turns out they were the artists who had appeared on the show and he would hold court. They would have, you know, Ugh. oatmeal and strawberries at midnight. And I just knew there was something magical happening. But as a child, I didn't really understand. I just could feel the energy. And it would be years later before I realized I was bouncing on James Earl Jones's knee or it was Melba Moore and Clifton Davis or the children of Malcolm X. Because Amazing. after Malcolm X was assassinated, you know, Ellis was very close with Betty Shabazz, his widow, mm -hmm. and she was afraid to go out because of the climate in the country and nobody was protecting her, sure. the nation of Islam and everything. But Ellis was a good friend with her and with Malcolm. And so he would invite the children over to play with me so that he could hang out with Betty Shabazz and make sure she was okay. Again, no clue. And this no is not, this is not a flex in any way. I'm not flexing. This is just <laughs> what my childhood was like. I'm still friends to this day with his, with Malcolm X and Betty Shabazz's daughters. Beautiful. Beautiful. And I wanted, there's a tribute to Malcolm X and Betty Shabazz in the film by way of what they were doing in the black arts movement. But it was important to get it right because they were also family friends. Ah. I want to tell people who were not familiar with the show. Yeah. It was the first national black variety show on TV from 68 to 73. And it was right. titled soul. You know, I like to say it's the greatest show you've never heard of because it's like, right. we think of our, especially for black folks or people of color, we think of our cultural history, you know, in media and entertainment, starting with soul train. And, right. and it's important to say that this, predated Soul Train by a couple of years uh, because it did start in 68. Mm -hmm. And because we were on the heels of the civil rights movement, Jim Crow, you know, the culture, country was in turmoil. There was no precedent for this kind of show. And also it's important to recognize what was happening in media. You basically had three television stations, That's right. ABC, CBS and NBC. Mm -hmm. And then they created PBS as a system of you know nationally connected shows that were funded ultimately by the corporation for public broadcasting which was funded by the government right. so you had this national television audience that was free that was forming 
And so soul ha happened at the same time. And I think that really kind of imprinted upon this idea of creating a national audience and in so doing a national black audience, right. which had never really happened before. Well, it still felt like they never had this platform to do, you know, yeah. their art and, and be heard and be seen. Yeah. Um, it was kind of amazing. Amazing. The, and the footage. Yeah. Well, what was it like going through the, this footage? It was breathtaking. It was it was almost like an embarrassment of riches because there's 130 hours. Whoa. It, meaning 130 episodes of yes. an hour long each, some of which have been lost, unfortunately. But the idea that it was, it just kept unfolding like a gift, like, mm -hmm. okay, what else is in here? <laughs> like, are you kidding me? And because we know who these artists are now, their household names, you know, from Earth, Wind & Fire, Al Green, Patti LaBelle. Stevie Wonder. Uh, TV wonder yeah. and then activists like um, um you know the black panthers and poets like nikki mm -hmm. giovanni you know literary icons like james baldwin but the idea of actually seeing them in the beginning amazing. it's it's just amazing and it's so um it's so illuminating it's like a time capsule yeah. but it also yeah. is so revealing about the beginning of sort of this birth of freedom of expression yes. and this yes. desire to be more than what was perceived at the time, which was really negative about right. people of color, you know, because that was what was happening, segregation and, and all the issues that our country was struggling with uh, 50 years ago. We forget that sometimes that how pervasive that was, yes. you know, the segregation of, you know, there was basically, and the media was, well, really what they determined was there were two worlds, one black and one white. Mm -hmm. And the media was largely responsible for this. And sure, so the sure. idea of sort of the media trying to like have a cultural reset was really significant. And in a way that feels like what's happening right now. 50 years does. We're it all going, okay, hang on. We need to, we need to press the restart button. Right. After right. what happened last year, of course, George Floyd, Breonna Taylor, Maud Aubrey, but also after COVID, you know, we're all, Right. Not after because it's still happening, but this idea of really questioning who we are and how we can move forward as a country and include everybody, you know. I call it how we can learn how to become better humans. Yes. Oh my goodness, the humanity. Yeah. You're, so, you're so yeah. right. And I was just talking with a friend this morning saying, what's going to happen 50 years from now when we look back on this time? You know, we have like the age of enlightenment and all the art that that brought. I feel like this is the age of accountability. Oh, yes. You know, for everything, mm -hmm. for our past ills, for erasure, sort of erasing the contributions of all the people in the country, whether they be quote unquote um, immigrants or people of color right. or, you know, our Native Americans. Then there's an accountability with me too, an accountability of behavior and treating people better. Definitely. Woo, it's going to be a doozy in the history books. <laughs> I know. And, you know, I feel that it really starts with rewriting our curriculum. That really yeah. has to start with the schools and what we teach kids, how we teach them, what's mm -hmm. important. And I know people are up in arms about, you know, what we're teaching, what we're not teaching. Yeah, but critical race theory, all of that. But it right. is about really just being accountable for the truth of who we are. Ironically, I think that will set us free when we recognize when there's no hierarchy. Of course, yes. that's possible because that's human nature. <laughs> yeah, but, um, unfortunately. 
it's really beautiful to have a film like this that kind of suggests that there's always been a beautiful contribution of people of color to the country and whether it's music or the arts or mm-hmm. even politics and i think what ellis hazlip did with soul was he created a vehicle not just for african american artistry but it was a platform for freedom of expression and the fight for social justice yes all of these things came together like the intersectionality of all of these topics was was really revolutionary in in terms of television sure. so when you look at it you're like what right <laughs> look at the time period yeah the I public know. and every and, and there there it was so passionate and what? and so pure and and I find that really um, endearing and uplifting and I think we just wanted to share that with the with the world and you know it's a way to look back on who, how far we've come and how far we have yet to go but yes. it's also really entertaining <laughs> it definitely is but one thing I'm I'm thinking too is you got to see a side of your uncle you didn't know because you were so young. And he was so unpretentious. He was so sincere. Yeah. And it, it's remarkable. And I do, I have met a lot of the people that he knew over time. And luckily I grew up with him and stayed in his orbit and under his wing really until when he passed. And um, I recognized that there were so many famous people that he knew, but that wasn't the connection that they had. His idea was furtherance, the furthering the careers of artists and politicians and supporting this like striving to be better. He was kind of like an Afro-futurist in that he was looking to the future where things would definitely be better. But, but they loved him because of the relationship and the friendship that they had. And they valued that more than anything. And I, there's so much to learn from that in terms of the humanity of people helping each other and furthering each other's dreams. And you do see that in him because he was kind of a reluctant host. You know? That's what I was going to say. Yes. Really, but- I really wanted to show that kind of fish out of water. Yes. Vibe in the beginning, because he, it, it really does speak to him being an unsung hero. Like, and you get to see that evolution as he gets bolder and more confident. Mm-hmm. The show gets more beautiful. The production value ramps up. The yes. artists and the stars become more famous. So you really get to take that ride. I and love for it. people who don't know the show, it's it's such a discovery. You it's know? beautiful. You know, we had talked earlier how uh, this was shown at Syracuse University. Yes, yes, indeed. Syracuse University is important to us because Robert Thompson mm-hmm. is a wonderful, the, I believe he's a director uh, it, well, tell me what his title is there. Do you recall? I, I thought it was a uh, television studies. I might That's be wrong. Right. Is That's it right. television studies? Okay. Yes. And he, we wanted to have an, a television historian mm-hmm. to guide us and to understand, you had to really understand the landscape of television and what was happening in the zeitgeist of the nation to really appreciate what soul interrupted and why soul was so different from what was on television. And so he really provided us with sort of an academic spine for the film and that history of media. And yes. he's featured in the film. So Professor it. Thompson invited us to uh, the Newhouse Center. Uh, shout out to Syracuse yeah. University. No Archman. <laughs> and you're wearing the color. The color. <laughs> I, I just yeah. need something blue. What do I... 
Yeah. Um, and so we oh, were I've got the blue. Oh yeah. So together, oh you do. Oh my gosh. Yes, I got the blue one. So we were able to uh, do a wonderful screening, and I hope to go back there. And it was just really inspiring to to speak to these young students of journalism and television, and have this wonderful event there because it we want to bridge that gap. You know, so I often agree. young folks that nobody wants to look back because they think it's nostalgic or it's archival, but there's so much to learn and to see. Yes, that that is really educational at the same time. But we wanted to bridge the gap so it's not just an old movie, but it resonates today. Yes. And that's why we kind of ended it the way we did with, you know, the legacy of soul and who's upholding that legacy now. I think it's really important to to examine that show closely because of the place it had in history. And I I feel like, you know, I wish there was a panel at Syracuse. I'd love to pitch this, you know, how to become better humans, really. Oh, that would be great. Uh, Becoming better humans. A whole chapter would be on the perception of culture and the perception of yes. others and Absolutely. how we can impact that in right. media, especially because yes. especially now, Janine, when we have so many outlets and everybody is in their own silos because of the quarantine or because yes. of the pandemic, and we are looking to media, whether it's social media, TikTok, Instagram, like all these places where we see ourselves. Sure. If we can impact that and, and, you know, if I were a hashtag, I would be, you know, use your power for good. That would be my hashtag because we have so many opportunities to uplift with positivity. And I just yes. think we've been through so much trauma right? that um, curating joy and curating positivity is really important right now. Yes. I think it will be the glue to hold us together as we move I agree. Forward. And, and being kind, being kind to yourself, being and being thoughtful to others, being thoughtful to yourself. Um, because, you know, I always say to how when kids go to college, you know, you feel like you were a rock star in high school and you played sports and you had the GPA, but you get to school and you're lost. Yeah. You don't know how to self-care and deal with the ups and downs. That's right. And you're probably noticing that a lot of the kids I wouldn't say what it's not millennials, but it's like the next, what is it? Generation next, or they are experiencing more um, trauma oh, in their absolutely. lives. Absolutely. It's in the research, their depression, anxiety. anxiety yes. yeah. And I think that that is really prevalent now, especially ironically with the onset of social media, right. because we're able to see what everybody else is doing and this sort of FOMO, you know, fear of missing out and right. And this aspirational culture has changed to feeling like you're not enough. Right. And, and that really is impacted by the media. I really yes. believe that. Yes. And they yeah. are in the midst of this mental health pandemic. Yes. I was, I was just part of this fellowship. I mentioned this a lot on my show because mm-hmm. mental health comes up a lot on my show. And, yeah. you know, we looked at the research of what's going on in college kids Students mm-hmm. of all ages, their mental health with their isolation, their anxiety, they're mm-hmm. missing out on these life moments. And then older adults who've been pushed to the side for safety, right? And they're right. isolated and depressed and lonely. But actually, Melissa, when you bring these two generations together, magic happens. Yeah. And it's such an important time for self-care and self-reflection. Right. And yet the isolation is doing the opposite of that. It sure is. More anxiety and more FOMO and more 
um, destructive tendencies. You bet. And it's really sad because on the one hand, our job is to survive this moment. Mm -hmm. and especially as artists to survive and be able to tell the story. And I'm really excited about, even though it's such a challenge, like what is the art that's going to be created after this moment of intense self-reflection and, and trauma at the same yes. time? It will be a new age of enlightenment, I think, but we have to, at the same time, find a way to be positive and kind and, and care for each other. Yes. But you touched on something really important, art, creativity, curiosity, love of learning, things like that. Yeah. I feel like those are the tools to get you going or, or out of your own way when things yeah. do get challenging. And I think your film will inspire a lot of young minds to do just that. I really do. That's exactly what we'd hoped. And this idea of inspirational and educational, um, you don't get to, you don't see that a lot, especially in in the films that are coming out now. Um, and, and it's permission. We give you permission to be happy and to have joy. And I think for black people, especially people of color, it's really tricky right now because there is so much trauma and, yes. and, and, and we are impacted by it constantly, but we are not the sum total. Trauma is not the sum total of us, you know? That's right. Historically, yes. And, and, PT, you know, genetic PTSD, certainly since the days of enslavement, but we can recognize that and we could also have permission to find joy in our lives and find joy in strength. Yes, we do. And there's a line from the film that's James Baldwin. And when, you know, they're having that heart to heart with Nikki Giovanni and she's trying to say, but, you know, we're as black writers, what is our role and how do we survive? And he says, our ancestors taught us how to do that. Mm. We have survived until now. Yeah. And it's just, oh, it just makes the hair stand up on my arms. <laughs> he was such a, he was so prophetic and so profound. And at the same time, you know, eviscerating the culture and mm. in ways demanding us to look at ourselves in ways that we really weren't ready. I'm so happy that James Baldwin is having a renaissance and that all of these artists can be seen, you know, this idea of the politics of visibility and, and what that means for us now. It's all part of a piece, I think. And so I think the timing is perfect for Mr. Soul because we I need Ellis Hazel to kind of restore the soul of a nation in, in just showing what he was battling 50 years ago. Yes. And everything feels cyclical, doesn't I it? I think so. So I really wonder what what's going to happen 50 years from now. <laughs> But I'm so happy to be in this moment and trying to illuminate his work. And in that way, it feels like soul is the tide that lifts all boats. And, yes. and we wanted the film to be inclusive. Like it's not just a black film, but it, it's really, right. it's a story of us. It's a story of our nation. Yeah, it's beautiful. Congratulations. Well, thank you so much. And we're so excited to be on HBO Max. It's amazing. <laughs> I want to tell you, I put everything up on our show blog that I think I have the trailer on there as well. Where can people find out more about you and about the film? Sure. Yeah, so we have a website. It's www.mrsoulmovie.com. And we're also heavy on the socials. Uh, we're on, on the Instagram at uh, Mr. Soul the Movie. Also okay. the same on Twitter and Facebook. And so it's at M-R-S-O-U-L, the movie. And those are my thumbs. So you can hit me up directly. I really am running all of the counts. 
and it's just a real mom and pops operation but it's it's a much a bigger story but there's so much humanity and heart in it and so we've you know managed to keep it small but now that it's nationwide it it just feels great that at last the nation is getting amazing I bet when you started this journey, you had no idea you were going to get to those hundred plus hours, you know, of episodes and then how you would feel at the end. I had no idea. I I had a lot of trepidation in the beginning because I felt like this story deserves to be a series, like sort Mm -hmm. of like an eyes on the prize thing. I think so. And, and I also was nervous because I thought this story is way bigger than me. Mm-hmm. because there's so many stakeholders in it. And I also recognize that many of our Afro-American icons of the 20th century would be leaving us. Yes. And how can we give them their flowers before they go? Mm-hmm. And how can we have them tell their own stories before they go? Sure. That was the daunting part. Like, ooh, I don't know if I can handle it, but- You did. Um, we did. <laughs> we had a great team and it's a, you know, shout out to the team because it really takes a, a nation to make a documentary, but to also make it fairly and appropriately and accurately and historically. So you find all those people that are specialists in their field and can embrace the story and guide us. So it's, it's not just my journey. It's, it's, it's a big team, big team. Yeah. It's amazing. Congratulations. Thank you so much. It's so great to be able to talk about it. And now it's on HBO max. So everybody Yay. can Enjoy. Well, at some point when I come back east, I'd love to meet you. Yes, please. Let's okay. go back to Syracuse. <laughs> I'd love that. Melissa, thank you so much for calling into the show. I really enjoyed meeting you and the film is outstanding. Thank you so much. I'm so excited and I really appreciate it. Great to meet you, Janine. You too.